Hey there. Uh, before we get into the episode, I want to take a moment and share an update on Summer Tour the Game. Uh, it's an adventure-based board game inspired by those epic trips we all had following our favorite bands on Summer Tour, but I need your help to bring this thing to life. Our long-term goal is to see Summer Tour the Game in every head shop in the country and, and eventually available at major retailers like Target and Amazon and all those places. Uh, but before we can achieve that, we need to hit our all-or-nothing goal when we launch our Kickstarter campaign on Sunday, May 12th. We'll have 30 days to make this happen. Listen, your support would mean the world to me. Even just hitting the uh, the notify me on launch button on the Kickstarter page can make a huge impact. You can learn more by visiting summertourthegame.com where you'll find detailed information, videos, a link to the Kickstarter page. You'll also find a direct link to the page in the show notes of this episode. Uh, I do hope you'll support Summer Tour the Game. It's really fun. And thanks so much for listening to Tales from the Lot. Now on with the episode. Tales from the Lot, episode 19, From Clubheads to Deadheads Overnight. My guest, George Michaels, is here to discuss his book, Grateful Dead Tour Tales, Volume 1, The Warlock Shows, and much more. Here we go. Hi, welcome to Tales from the Lot. Uh, this is Will. My guest today is George Michaels. He's coming to us from New Jersey. He is the author of Grateful Dead Tour Tales, Volume 1, 1984 through 1987. Uh, hello. How's it going, George? It's doing doing very well, Will. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to have you. I uh, I noticed you had a book come out recently, and I was like, man, this is uh, exactly the kind of person I would like to talk to. Somebody who remembers stuff because uh, you know I sure <laughs> don't. So uh, that's awesome. So uh, you're in New Jersey. Is that where you're from originally? Is that uh, where you grew? Yeah, up that's in... correct. I'm from Northern New Jersey, uh, very close to Manhattan, like a suburb of Manhattan, say, or New York City. Gotcha. And then, uh, so uh, growing up, were your were your were your family big deadheads, and you grew up following the dead, or or what were? Well, what I mean, you, you know, my, my family wasn't a big deadheads. They, my parents are more. <laughs> uh, they were from the Bronx and, and like fifties music and sock hops and stuff like that. So, but my aunt, awesome. my uh, my father's, you know, younger sister went to Watkins Glen and had seen Jimi Hendrix live and stuff like that. So she kind of took me under her wing in a way. Yeah. Right. So, what were you listening to growing up? Like, you know, asking for on your birthday. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would say I started, you know, around the mid 70s, getting albums and stuff like that, like the Beatles starting out like that. And then I got into Frampton and all the mm -hmm. 70s stuff and the, the rock music scenes back then. But like I said, in my notes back then, you know, if you were into the dead, you know, you weren't into progressive, you know, people had their own little niches uh, that they loved, you know. Um, but I was into classic rock. And then, you know, in the early 80s, I got very into like the MTV stuff, you know. And uh, and I was very surprised the Grateful Dead, who I was into before, but not a hundred percent. You know, uh, they really came back once I saw them live. <laughs> <laughs> right. Came did, back did into my life friends, in a hard way. <laughs> did you have friends that that pulled you into that, or did you just kind of were you reminded well, of it by, by something you saw? Or? Yeah, it was one friend of mine, Kevin Cunningham, and we used to we used to be club kids going to Manhattan. We were like seventeen, even too young to go in the bars, but they let you in. Uh, and then one day his brother, Mark, said, hey, do you want to see the Grateful Dead up in Saratoga, New York on a Sunday in the summer? And, uh, you know, we said, OK, why not? And uh, it just turned into uh, a thing. It really rained really hard. It was 1984. And uh, I lost my car for three hours. I, you know, I was in a port sand with a girl and my friend also <laughs> for a while. And the music was cool. They did Satisfaction that night. You know, it was... Uh, it was quite a show in the rain and uh, just something clicked. And then all my friends, 
we all went from being club kids to uh, deadheads overnight, literally, um, to the point where, yeah, I mean, the first year I had seen like 15 shows right away. We we're traveling. The next show I went to was in Virginia, you know, and then I just started going, but not 100% every tour, every show, but, you know. Um, yeah, it seems that, that, once that once that button is kind of flicked, you, yeah. you, there's, you just dive in because there's so much to dive into, really, like as far as past history. And, and, yeah, it's like, where's this world been, you know? <laughs> it's almost and, like, and going where's it going? The, yeah, yeah, exactly. At that it's, point. It's, it was a really cool thing, though, you know? Right. And so you saw like 15 shows the first year and then... Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, I saw a couple nothing. in the fall that year. I went down to Richmond. I got my friends to go down to Richmond. Then we saw the Meadowland shows. Uh, but then in the spring of 85, that was a lot of fun. We went up to Springfield and did the Nassau shows when Phil broke out, Tom Thumb Blues. And, uh, man, I went up to, to uh, Rhode Island that, that tour and then down to Philadelphia, of course. I think I did nine shows on that tour. Um, and then, wow. then that's what this book is. It goes basically every show it has a story. Um, is the way I break it down. And the first book I have is about 43 shows I think I go to, you know. Oh. Um, and each one has a story and a title, almost like a Seinfeld episode where it's like I make it, I call it a name like uh, Half Step Who Knew. Um, and that's about the Nassau Coliseum show when they played, uh, I had broken out uh, Mississippi Half Step. And I had no idea it was even a thing, you know, but it was. And, um, right. you know, I do a whole... Uh, a comical sort of story about it, but it's an absolute true story with my friends, what we do. Um, and it's a lot of fun, you know, surprised how much fun and how much I had to write. I just couldn't stop writing. I would just keep writing. <laughs> Even on the weekends, my friend would be like, let's go out and party. And I'd be like, well, I'm going to stay home and write. And they'd be like, what are you going to do? <laughs> but uh, I yeah. loved it. And it really became a, uh, you know, a love project for me. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, as we were emailing, getting ready for this, I mentioned uh, that this sort of, I, I was, I, I had a thought, uh, just like an inkling of like, man, I should write a book of, of what, what happened and, and any stories I can remember uh, from when I was following the dead around it. And, and I, you know, I picked up my pen and I'm like, man, I can't remember. Anything. <laughs> it's, like, it's like little flashes here and there and here and there. And then, uh, so I thought, you know, well, you know, I should talk to some other people. That, that were yeah. there with me or just just other people in general and i thought well you know i should record it and, and it turned into this podcast and and uh yeah and so now i'm hearing other people's stories and and it's bringing back a, a little bit of the the memories that i had here and there i get these flashes of, oh yeah something like that happened to me here and there. yeah right i get i get a lot of the reviews people saying it brings back their own memories and stuff like that and yeah, uh it's sure. true and that's it's really nice to hear that stuff because that's why i did it you know um i wanted people to remember these times because they were really crazy as crazy as they were, uh, there were there was a lot of rewards when they played some good shows, you know. Um, For sure. And everybody was so happy. Um, you know, you'd see people that, you know, would normally see in life that were just kind of, you know, tough, mean, or not mean, but, you know, but they would, they see a Grateful Dead show and they'd just be so kind and so happy, you know. It was just love to see that, you know. Yeah, that's 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 exactly what struck me when I first went was the, the kindness. I mean, um you know, in day-to-day -day life, everybody, you know, I come from the Midwest and it was like a factory town and everybody's all, you know, like we work yeah. in factory jobs, you know, and, 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 there, and it did, I didn't see a lot of, uh, a lot of happiness and, and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, people were probably happy in what they did, but it, but it wasn't like that first time when I went to Deer Creek and like, and saw some people just smiling ear to ear. And exactly. And like, yeah. People who would normally too. go through their lives with a straight face. All of a sudden these same <laughs> people are just got a big grin on their face. Right. Yeah, and where they want to be, you know? Yeah, the yeah. transformation that can happen. Uh, Absolutely. So, okay, so 
you mentioned you mentioned uh the 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 seinfeld type things and 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 uh, give me give me one of those one of those stories one of those things that was just like so you know a teaser from the book or just something that you know like, all right yeah when, okay when let's you look see up, uh, look back on your time following the dead like the, this is the one that really just you know uh, there's so many, you know what I'm saying? I'm, let, me, let me hit you up with this. Uh, so you want a story, like, basically. Mm -hmm. of, uh, all right, let's go to uh, let's go to that Nassau Coliseum show, the Mississippi. I called it Half Step Who Knew. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, you know, me and my friends get in the car. Uh, we go out there and, um, you know, drink a lot of beers and um, go and see the show. We went up to the front row, and I remember uh, – the uh, the second set they opened up was Shakedown Street, and in the book I go into a whole flashback of of me in, in the eighth grade smoking pot for the first time and listening to that <laughs> album, and then I come back into the show and describe how Jerry looks like he just kind of rolled out of bed because I was basically in the front row for that one because I was general admission, and there I am, and uh, we see the show, and then in the first set all of a sudden you know I'm in the front there and Phil goes up to the mic, which I didn't realize was such a big thing. And he starts singing uh, Tom Thumb Blues, you know, and the whole place just erupts. And uh, that was funny. Now, I mean, I'm just kind of giving you a whole scattered thing. When I do these stories, sure. they're very, you know, beginning to end. There's a middle, uh, a beginning, a middle and end to each one of these stories that uh, has some fun stuff. I'm just kind of put on the spot here, just trying to make you all oh, yeah. laugh. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, the thing is, one of these things about trying to make this interesting is not just make it so mundane where it's like, okay, I'm in a parking lot and then I'm going to the show. You know, there's a lot of stuff I bring in up, relationships and girlfriends and all my friends. I have a whole characters that come in and out, but it's me basically going to a Grateful Dead concert and who I go with and what stories are going on around the whole thing and stuff like that. And as time goes on, you know, life happens, you know, we're all kids when we started out, but then you know, life starts knocking on the door. What are you going to do with your life? You can't just keep doing this, you know, and that comes into play as well. Um, that's why I think this is an important book because um, it really sure. shows what it's like to be such a fan of the Grateful Dead. Right. We, we talk about that coming of age. And, and so this book goes up to 87. Um, yeah. Did you, did you, you kept seeing shows post 87? I, I presume. Well, yeah, yeah, I did. In fact, 1988, okay. I saw probably the most, I think I saw 35 shows that year. So, I know I couldn't, if I went into another chapter, I'd be another hundred pages. So, you know, I, you know, and my brother Colin, uh, you know, I, I started writing, writing this book in 2006 and, you know, I put it down, didn't know what I would do with it. I contacted Relics Magazine. They ran a few stories, um, but it just kind of sat there. And so as it built over time, you know, it, it, it grew, you know, and I just didn't know what to do with it. And here, here I am now. And I'm just, I've decided to put it out. And my brother Colin said, you know, I said, well, maybe I should go into an 88, 88. And he said, that that's enough. I think you're good here, you know, cause it's 43 shows and it's a lot mm -hmm. of different stories. So the next book will be 1988, 1989 and 1990 is my plan, you know, uh, and gotcha. I'm about two thirds of the way done. Um, and I'm going to go all the way up through Europe. I did go to Europe. And, um, you know, so I went to a lot of breakout shows too, the warlocks, you know, so, I mean, I'm a guy who went to a lot of shows and I'm yeah. going to tell you all about, them. you know, I'm going to tell you what the weather was like and what the traffic <laughs> and the gas prices were, you know, and you're going to feel like you're there. And I wrote it in the first person and I wrote it, you know, as if, you know, you're uh, present tense also, I wrote it in the present tense. So you're going to seem like, you know, you're not talking about the past. Right. It's, as you it's read happening. It. It's happening. It's happening as you read it. And you're on the trail, you know?
Tangle free, tangle free, it's the only way to be. Tangle free, tangle free, made just for the dready. Are you tired of the daily dreadlock drama? The everyday struggle of trying to make your hair behave can be as futile as nailing jello to a tree. Well, Hetty Lot Products LLC has a solution for you. Introducing the Tangle Free Dreadlocks Hairbrush. The Tangle Free Dreadlocks Hairbrush is here to put an end to the madness. Say goodbye to the daily tangle and hello to smooth, flowing dreadlocks with this magical brush. It's like having a personal dreadlock whisperer right in your hand. With just one stroke, you'll have the dreamy dreadlocks you've always wanted, minus the circus act. So why wrestle with your hair when you can dance with it? Say goodbye to the morning dreadlock disaster with Tangle Free Dreadlocks Hairbrush. Tangle Free, Tangle Free, it's the only way to be. Tangle Free, Tangle Free, made just for the dready. Get your Tangle Free Dreadlocks Hairbrush wherever heady items are sold. Right. Speaking of that Warlock show, you had mentioned that. And so uh, as I was getting ready for this, I put that on and uh, for, had forgotten that that's like one of those cassettes that I had worn out. Like from from the moment that Feel Like a Stranger hits, uh, mm-hmm. I was listening to 10989 and I was like, mm-hmm. why am I so familiar with this? And then I realized it's the one from Without a Net. It's like, I yeah, yeah, like yeah. Every little note that's going to happen. But that, but that whole show and, and especially uh, when they hit the Dark Star. And yeah. you just hear the crowd erupt for like yeah. three minutes. It's just uh-huh. louder crowd than it is music. That's the those moments like that are just oh, it was unbelievable. Awesome. I, I went down there with one hundred and twenty dollars on me uh, with uh, two friends of mine that were tapers. So that was more like a a, a solo show for me because they were the first people in the door that night, and we mm-hmm. had gotten down there on uh, the Sunday morning, um, and tickets were still on sale. They had a little trailer there so we actually bought the tickets for the ninth show but the tickets for the sunday night show where they did help slip flat franklin's i went up paying 60 dollars, which back then was unheard of but yeah. i thought something was up and i better buy it from the, my friend lisa she came up with an extra ticket and i was in the front row for that and they started help on the way and i knew hey, this is going down you know and then the yeah. next night i went right back to my right in front of phil lesh on the rail and when they went into dark star you know it just blew everybody's mind. And then they did, you know, don't, Death Don't Have No Mercy and Addicts in My oh, Life man. after they played that. And the lights went on. I was literally in tears. And I wasn't the only one. There was a lot of people just, like, weeping, crying. And, and it was just, that really was amazing. It really was. I got to say. I, yeah, I, I have no doubt. I mean, as, as I was listening to it, I was thinking, man, is this like, this is maybe the best show of the late 80s. I, you know, I, I don't Oh yeah, heard I mean, I was, I was, 80s, but, I remember doing good love, and I'm like, but, but, I wow. need a break, you know. I'm gonna, I was only 20 <laughs> yeah. something at the time, but I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack, you know. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, they're just in and out of playing in the band, and like just from beginning to end. The oh yeah, the, I mean, that that was really special, a, and it was just nobody knew. In fact, I was, I was on the Sunday show. I was out there looking for a ticket on like an off ramp from a highway. And I'm out there. My friend Roy was like about 100 yards in front of me. He got a ticket. He comes walking back, passes me. And then a cop pulls off the overpass, pulls me over. I have to get in the back seat of the car. And she writes me up some, I don't know if she even wrote me a ticket, but all she's told me was, we didn't even know these concerts were happening until the other day, you know? <laughs> so even the cops were fooled. They had no idea we were coming. You and, know? and that was the whole purpose. I, from 
uh, I did a little research and uh, recently about this, and and evidently the reason they went by the warlocks is because uh, the city didn't want the Grateful Dead. They were like, no, we don't yeah. want what it yeah. brings with it. The whole carnival atmosphere and so uh, yeah you know, what happened to Richmond a few years before i think uh, you know didn't help i think right and, it, and so yeah. they did it as the warlocks and then i guess they only sold tickets locally and and it was on sale just a few days before the thing sort of the whole thing was bootstrap underground and yeah and, yeah uh, i mean my friend bob hester he's the one who told me about it he said well a couple of my friends are going they're tapers and i kind of knew them but you know, I was like, yeah, I'll go. I mean, it's just a completely, we drove all the way down there just on a whim, really. But uh, a lot of other people did. And once they played that first show, everyone was on the phone calling their friends. You better get down here, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is special. Quick. Yeah. yeah and, and for those who don't know, Warlocks were what the Grateful Dead were called uh, originally yeah. before they were called the Grateful right. Dead. And they went by uh, formally the Warlocks is what was on the ticket stub. Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, what, do, do you know why they changed from the Warlocks originally? Was it just... I heard it was another band was called that. There oh, okay. was another band called the Warlocks, so they had to change it or wanted to change it. Yeah, back yeah, that then. Happened, so. yeah. yeah, it was a good change, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> I mean, when I first started the book, I was going to call it, it must have been The Roses. You know, that was my working title for the longest time. And uh, my brother Colin once again says, well, what does that mean? And I try to explain, well, you know, I did this all this crazy stuff because it must have been the roses or something. And uh, but then I just went with, you know, the old Grateful Dead tour tales, you know, which is tells you exactly what it is. But a lot of people get confused thinking it's a bunch of different people's stories because they have this other book, Deadhead Stories out. So but this is really just my story, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you can get it on Amazon and and uh... that's what I did. Yeah, I just went on Amazon and self-published it myself. So it's all me. And all the all the publicity, whatever I'm doing is just, you know, word of mouth. I, you know, I, you probably saw something on Facebook I posted, you know, uh, and that's what I do, you know. And I've been posting some reviews I've gotten, and that's gotten some good responses. I mean, my book was the number, like, 15th place book this weekend in uh, music history and, and criticism. I was surprised, awesome. you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm up there, you know, in, uh, yeah. as far as popularity goes. For sure, yeah. Well, uh, so I'll, I'll put the link uh, in the uh, the show notes, so anybody out there who does want to go check it out, they'll be able to. Yeah, yeah. Just go straight to Amazon where it's at. Um, yeah, I'd appreciate it. You know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, how long ago? So what? You published it in uh, August? Is that right? Uh, I published it in August of twenty two. Okay, 22, and I had okay. a different cover, and it was actually a. <laughs> again, my brother Collins, he's a graphic artist, and he uh, he gives me this cover, and it turns out to be an album cover of the Grateful Dead from nineteen. 19- uh, 2015 that I didn't know about. And, and then they shut me down and they took it off, you know, after yeah. a few months. And then I just kind of put the book back on you know, without this, this picture here, which I drew myself and no, there was no sales whatsoever. And I was kind of even just going to just give up. And then my brother said, you know, why don't you put that picture you did, you know, with Cherry with that, you know, that doodle basically. And so I did that and out of nowhere, all of a sudden I'm selling books. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> It's yeah. crazy, but yeah, it's, it, that picture did it, and it's it's a cool little doodle I did at work, and it took me five minutes, but it wound up being the cover of my book. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I, I was scrolling through Amazon, and I was like, oh, what's that picture? Uh, and then yeah, I yeah. The title, so. Yeah, yeah, and if you really look close, it's, yeah. it's, very, it's just a bunch of boxes that turned, <laughs> turned into Jerry.
Unfortunately, at this point in the episode, we had some technical difficulties. Uh, We were sort of able to recover for a few minutes, but this is definitely going to be a shortened episode because of that. I I want to thank you very much for coming on and sharing your story and sharing uh, just, you know, about your, your passion for the Grateful Dead. And, and, and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, that you're, you're, you're doing what you're doing to, to keep these stories alive and to keep, you know, so, to let other people know that, that we had a really great time back when we were following the group. And uh, we don't want to let that, we don't want to let the stories pass or be forgotten. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you, George. All right. Thank you, Will. All right. Take care. Take care. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please consider hitting the subscribe button and leaving a comment. Your feedback and engagement really goes a long way to supporting and growing the show. And really, this is your show with your stories. So if you have a story or even a few of them from seeing Grateful Dead shows or experiences of how the band has impacted your life in some way, I'd love to hear from you and have you on. My email is will at talesfromthelot.org. Reach out. Uh, Or you could use the new text me feature that's in the show notes. You can easily reach out and connect with me directly that way. And don't forget to follow on Facebook for updates and exclusive content. And for those who prefer watching, full videos of every episode are available on my YouTube channel. So uh, thanks again. And please be kind to yourself and others.